With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. LFC Day Trippers, brought to you by Bookmakers.com. Hello, good evening, and welcome to the LFC Day Trippers. Uh, this is the viewer's voice. I know you're expecting Matt to be hosting, but something has come up at Matt's end, so I'm standing in from. I'm really, really sorry. Um, it is the viewer's voice. It is brought to you by bookmakers.com. Check them out at bookmakers.com for analysis, stats, comparisons, articles, wherever it might be. Use the stats for your um, fancy football if you haven't given her up about six months ago like me. And um, if you gamble, do so responsibly, and on there you can find all the best odds on all the sports from all the bookmakers. So um, if that's your thing, fill your boots, but do it responsibly. Um, I'm joined tonight by Glenn, who's a regular kind of with Matt at this stage on a Thursday night. And Matt left me the bones of this show to go through, so we're going to. So, um, Glenn, how are you? Yeah, I'm doing good, thanks. Are you okay? Um, we were having a little chat before we come on, and it looks like me and you are going to disagree wildly. <laughs> with the stuff that's going on here um which is always fun and um, people in the chat if you're in there um you're very welcome hit the like please hit the like button um subscribe if you haven't already and turn on your notifications because genuinely every day we get people going is there a show tonight trust me when the show is set up you will get a notification to say there's a show tonight and it helps everybody out everybody in there of course is rejoicing at the fact that manchester united are out of europe they're um someone was going on about a treble Oh, oh, we're talking about travel already. Okay, uh, you know we're talking about travel. Uh, David De Gea, um, I just tweeted saying he looked like somebody that had forgotten the bottom step was there. Have you ever gone down the flight of stairs and forgot there's one more step? <laughs> that, that yeah. School, yeah, yeah, that's exactly what he looked like. Um, but they are out of Europe, knocked out five to an aggregate by Sevilla. Um, West Ham have gone through in the in the Conference League as well, just for Premier League related. Um, Glenn, we beat Leeds. On Monday night, wasn't it? Yeah, um, six goals to one. We're okay in the first twenty-five or so. We get a goal, we get a second, we give away one, and then we just pull them apart. And we've seen this a little bit at home to Arsenal, where we are excellent for fifty minutes of the game. We've seen it there, where we're kind of in control of leads without doing an awful lot, but we turned up then and shown. You kind of looked at going, yeah, that's what Liverpool are about. But the big thing to come out of it was Trent Alexander-Arnold. All right, um, st- starts on the team sheet as a right back, ends up playing literally 
DM for the whole game. Gets two assists. One where you'd expect him to be as a fullback, the way we play. And another one where he just drifts through midfield and thinks a lovely ball through. But the amount of passes he had, ball touches, ball recoveries and everything, the big talking point of it. Before we go into what it might mean in, in the future, what did you make of it? Because people thought Klopp was very brave to try it against Arsenal, but he, he does it again. And you have to admit it was impressive. Yeah. <laughs> the only thing I would say is, is that I wonder if if Pep hadn't have done what he's done with John Stones two or three mm. weeks before, mm. would Klopp have thought about doing this with Alexander-Arnold? Um, so that's that's an interesting one because it's never really been done before. And obviously Stones, quite rightly, he's getting a lot of praise for this new role that he's that he's playing. I know that um, Zinchenko's been doing it for a while. Um he done it sort of towards the end of last season with City and he's done it quite a lot with Arteta. Um but yeah, like it seems to be the, the thing at the minute, um, as I say. But uh the thing with Trent is is that there's never been an argument in terms of when we're in possession, when we've got the ball. So to me, if we can get him in positions where he can affect the attacking third more, then I'm all for it. So to me, like it's great to have him in them positions when we've got the ball. The only worry I have is just when it comes the other way because he does have a lot of ground to make up when the ball transitions and to get back into that right back position. And I mean, <clears throat> obviously Leeds, Leeds were awful on Monday night, let's be honest. So it's it's a, a hard game to kind of judge to see, well, how is it going to affect things when, as I say, the opportunity to, or these opportunities come about for the opposition where the ball switches over and, and he's out of position. So we'll have to wait and see kind of how that plays out. Obviously, you know, City haven't really had any problems with uh, with Stone, but, you know, they're City. So um, it's it's hard to kind of compare with them. But, um, but yeah, as I say, um, if we can get him into positions further up the pitch where he can affect things a lot more, then, then I'm all for it. So um, that's definitely the positives from it. Kieran says Trent has played inverted before in patches during some games and Chris Brack feels that this might be a tactical option for next season. With this season pretty dead, you may as well start tweaks now. Um, we get on to the season being dead, Chris. I'm disgusted at that, what you said there. Um, but I have a couple of things on this. I was, we were talking about it the other night on our Winners and Losers show. I think it was me and Davo. And a couple of things on it. He has been inverted at times. Because I've been at Anfield on the cop going, why is he 25 yards in from the touchline? But he was yeah. inverted <clears throat> in a way where he was still kind of parole, looking after the right-hand side, if you get me. Um, so he's definitely done that. It's an interesting question with regards to if Pep hadn't have done it, would, he, would Klopp have done it? I think Klopp hasn't gone fully and done it. But I, I'm of the opinion that he's done it to protect Trent a little bit as well. Because the biggest... One of the biggest things this season for us is right, not winning games is one the biggest thing. But but it always seems to be who are blaming for goals. And Trent was getting an awful lot of blame. And I'm not saying he's blameless for all the goals we've conceded, but I did feel and his attitude and we know all that. But I I felt some sort of sympathy for him because we were wanting Trent in a system with the players that couldn't do it to be a massive attacking option for us but also be tucked in beside the centre-half 10 seconds later. And you can probably do that two or three times, but when you're constantly trying to get up the pitch, it's hard to get back and be the defender you want them to be. I think if you stood Trent and went, listen, you're just a right-back, don't go over the halfway line. 
I think he'd do okay. I think he'd be fine because he wouldn't be clipping balls in behind him. He wouldn't allow himself in that position. Do you know what I'm saying? So I think Klopp's done it to protect him a little bit where he's went. One, I want you to get, on, get you on the ball a bit like you said. Get him on the ball in central positions where he's not just looking, you know, off a certain part of the pitch. He's looking at it all in front of him. But I think it's a case of when you go in there and we're in control of the ball, you go and express yourself. But if we lose it, we're going to have someone on that right-hand side that their main thing now is to get back and be a cover for you so, until you get there. <coughs> is it a bit of both where he's looking to express himself a bit more? And he's trying to protect him because I definitely think there's a little bit of protection in here because it was getting beyond ridiculous over trend for me. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. Like, sort of the the, the two sort of the years where we had finished second the city, um, and even the year we won the league. Like, obviously, he was always getting forward a lot from that right back position because he had so many assists. But mm-hmm. like Hendo was doing such a good job mm-hmm. covering for him. Um, I mean, I'm not blaming Hendo for any of this, like, but obviously we just haven't had that same level of protection. So, no. like, Klopp's hand has been forced because obviously, like you say, there were times this season where it was getting ridiculous in terms of, like, how badly exposed we were. Like I said before, though, how he's tweaked it, I definitely think the the John Stones thing has, has played a part in terms of they've looked at that and thought, hmm, this could be an idea for us. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, Which is not unusual. Yeah. Teams do it all the time. You know, teams look at other teams and go, oh, yeah, you know, yeah. we can try that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, I mean, since Pep's been in the in the league, there's been so many things you could probably attribute to him in terms of like how teams have now changed sort of, you know, how they play out from the back and all that kind of thing. Um, so, like you say, it, it, it happens all the time. And it'll be interesting to see if this has a ripple effect sort of for other teams in the league. You know, at the minute, really, it's, it's Stones and. And Trent here kind of getting all the attention for it at the minute, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see if other teams do 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 that. But no, I think, I think the thing for me is, is again, like I said before, Leeds isn't really a good a good barometer to kind of test this against to to say, well, like, is this going to work? Because <clears throat> like it's they were so poor. Yeah, is Forest uh, a, good, a good way to measure? Because Forest are definitely coming to Anfield the weekend are going to look to be really tight. So if Trent gets yeah. that ball in those positions, it's going to be harder for him to pick balls out. But Forrest are 100% running channels um, trying to yeah. hit on the break. Is it more of a barometer against Forrest, even though Forrest are down there as well, and it is a Anfield? Yeah, no, I know. Yeah, I, I do think it will be, yeah, because like Leeds are a bit of a shambles at the minute. Um, so yeah, and I, I do think as, as bad, I mean, Forrest haven't won a game in a, in a while. So um but yeah, no, I agree with you. I think it'll be a tougher test against Forest uh, on Saturday. Um, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see. But like, I think against teams who are going to sit in against us, like like what Leeds done on, on Monday night, and what you would expect Forest to do on, on Saturday, it it will definitely help in them games because there's no one else in the team who can sort of pass the ball through the lines like Trent. But I know Thiago's obviously mm-hmm. he, he's a good passer of the ball, but. Trent like passes the ball in a different way to Thiago. Like I feel like with Trent, there's a bit more fizz to it. Like he really drills the ball through the lines, whereas like mm. Thiago's more sort of like round the corners, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um. So I think like against teams who kind of sit in, you know, it'll definitely be a great option to have Trent um, yeah. in them areas. Um. Like obviously the, the the first game I happened in was the Arsenal match, and I think the thing for me that I, that I took away from it was we struggled playing out from the back the the first half. Now again. You've got to give Arsenal credit because they pressed us really well. But the only sort of 
concern with it is is that because Trent picks up this central position, you're now relying on Kanate a lot more to kind of like bring the ball out and sort of play that pass from like the defensive third into the the middle third. Obviously, he got caught out on on Monday night against Leeds, but um, we really struggled against Arsenal that first half to kind of get out. So that's again that that that's like kind of one sort of downside to it in that normally you'll be playing that ball to Trent and he will be sort of playing out from the back or getting us out of that defensive third. So um, obviously there's pros and cons to every system, but um, but no, like I said before, I definitely think when we're playing against these teams, you're going to sit in against this. Having Trent in them positions is going to be to our benefit a lot more because as I say, he can play them progressive passes, whereas like Henderson, that's never been his game. Fabinho has never really been his game. I don't think Curtis Jones, I don't think that's his game either. So, you know, if we can get Trent in them positions where he can get the ball into the final third a lot more, then it's only going to be good for us. I think it's interesting the way you speak about Trent and the progressive passes. He, he passes slightly different. I think the difference for me is that Thiago will look to get, he plays some wonderful passes where he'll get people in positions where they're one on one with their defenders and stuff like that. And he, he no doubt, has assists for Liverpool. Trent hits passes with intent. And what I mean yeah. by that is, <clears throat> Trent will look up and see Jota standing 15 yards outside the box and go, I can put it into him. But Luis Diaz is running in off the left wing and I'm, I'm hitting that one. I'm going for the kill. I'm going for the kill now. I'm not, And I can play all these passes you want, but it's because he's a right back and the amount of assists he has is that his natural thing in his head is, when I get into an attacking position and I look up, and especially from a central team, because you see so much more, I'm going for the kill. He, you know, there's never... When do you see Trent in a position to assist and he goes, I'm going to pull this back to the edge of the box and he'd lay it off to yeah. him or whatever. He doesn't. He wants to kill. And that's why he's so many assists. So it's interesting like that. Just lastly on it, Kev says, and others in the chat as well, says it's also telling Fabinho looked a little bit more like himself having um, extra bodies around him. And I think it's interesting because we, we end up with two midfielders quite high up the pitch. And my big thing about Liverpool this season is and I've gone on and on about it to the point where I'm boring people. We were brilliant at winning second balls on the edge of people's boxes or 10 yards outside, 15 yards outside the box, which meant that you're talking about Trent or Hendo covering Trent. And I've, I've been in Anfield and seen it in, in the flesh where he just does cover him, but didn't have to do an awful lot of covering, if you know what I mean, because we'd win a ball in, a, in an area of the pitch where that team can't get out. Trent can then get back into a position where he's you know, semi-ready to go again and go forward. We haven't been doing that this season. We've been killed by losing second balls outside opposition's box. And because our midfielders are kind of left, right and one's deep, there's space there to hoard us. Is there anything in it that Fabinho is being helped here a little bit? This is, you know, there's, there's more to it than just Trent and a pass. It's more get two lads a bit further up the pitch to win ball. And if you don't, at least you have two sitting buoyant. Yeah, no, definitely, because that's the thing with Fabinho this year. Like He's looked like he's been running through trickle the, the whole season. You know, it's, it's just kind of like, where's his legs gone? Um, I mean, I'm not sure that was ever his game anyway, to be honest, but I just think, you know, th- there's probably a number of reasons why, but he has just looked so exposed uh, this season. Yep. But, no, like, going back to the Leeds game, like, that was the first match in a, in a long time where I've seen that, like, that counter-press really come back to it. Like, there was that... That one, uh, one at the very end, it was actually mm. in stoppage time, and they yeah. they replayed it sort of after the match and showed Klopp's reaction where there was like four of them around one of the Leeds midfielders, and I was thinking to myself like it was almost a bit of a throwback because like we we that used to be like 
us you know that was kind of like normal for us to do that but then seeing that on monday night it was kind of like oh yeah i remember that mm. so um so yeah it's like if we can get that back into our game on a more regular basis like because that, that's what we were all about like yeah and Klopp's, and Klopp's mentioned it during the week where he said you know we can talk about transfers and we're definitely going to do some transfers and but he said the, but the one thing that came over for me was he wants to get liverpool back to a team that nobody likes playing and that's what they used to do to stop you. Like that's what made you not like playing Liverpool. One fella gets the ball, three is on you. If he happens to get the ball away, another three are there ready to go. It was just hunting in packs all the time, and sometimes it wasn't in packs. It was triggered in certain ways, but it was horrible to play against. Absolutely yeah. horrible. And watch where they're winning it. They're winning it inside Leeds half. They're not doing it in their own half. They're winning it where they can't get a Van Dijk. And Canate, they can't get a Fabinho because we're killing them, and that's been the massive issue for us. Would you like to see him in midfield? Would you like to see I him with a right back with our Liverpool, and he goes into midfield? I would like to see him in midfield, but then the problem is, is like we've got no other right backs because right. obviously, well, Ramsey he's just been injured the entire season. Yeah, um, Milner, I, I don't think you know. I think no. He hasn't. He hasn't got the legs anymore. No, no, like, no, let's be no, honest. No. So, like, it'd be interesting that if we actually did have like a backup right back or you know a fit one anyway, it would have been interesting to have seen if earlier in the season Klopp might have made a change. But to a certain extent, is is kind of his hand was forced because we had no one else to play there. You know, I, I know Miller did come on in a couple of games. You know, there was a couple of games I can't remember them exactly, but earlier in the year where when Trent did have a bad one, like he, he did bring him off of maybe like 20 yeah. minutes to go and put Milder in there just to kind of like shore things up. But like I said before, there's no backup to, there's no backup to Trent. And to be fair, that there hasn't been for him for, for years because the only other player who's really played there on any sort of consistent basis was Joe Gomez. Obviously, again, he's had a lot of injuries um, and, and, and James Milner. Um, we've not had anyone else. Um, like, Obviously, on the on the other side, we kind of had the same problem for a while with with uh, with Robo. I know in Simicas's first season, like he only played like three games, something like that. And then obviously last year, because he got more game time, you can see now he is a he's a reliable backup. You know, he knows himself; he's never gonna be first choice, but he knows he'll get enough game time because he's proved that he's he's capable. But we just don't have that on the other side, so it's difficult. You know, um, I would like to see him play in midfield, but. Like I say, we've got no one else to play right back, so it's kind of like our, our hands are forced. Chris says, um, it's a definite no from Chris. He says, you don't start him in midfield. That would change the whole system again. You start him at right back and let him drift into midfield. But you need other players then on top of that because you need you really need, for me, them midfielders that are supposedly going to be high to be absolute monsters of engines on them to be up and down. Because if you if you have Robertson, Kanate, Van Dijk, right? And you have Fabinho and you have Trent, and that's your five there. Salah's up front. So is so is Gakbo. You know, so you're gonna need people in a wideish position or in mid in that box midfield as they call it to be able to walk left and right. Do you know what I mean? You're definitely gonna have to because it really turned into a kind of a three four three with that kind of box midfield. But teams are going to go. Hold on a minute. We're definitely going down the sides here. And I know Canati can come across and cover. But what happens then? We've one centre-back in the middle of the park or in the middle of the pitch. And 
Matt's original thing with this was, is a tree at the back in disguise? Can you see them going tree at the back to try and make this happen? I still can't see it. No, I don't either. I, I think like it will be a case of of Trent sort of drifting in when we're in possession and then when when we do lose the ball, unless he can kind of counter press where he is on the pitch, then he will move back into into full back. Like the the argument against him playing in the fields a lot of the time, and I kind of agree with, is that obviously a lot of midfielders when they're receiving the ball, they're facing it or they're receiving the ball with their back to goal. So, you know, whereas when you're playing fullback, everything's in front of you. So to go from doing that sort of for the last four or five years, I know Trent obviously played midfield when he was coming through the academy, um, but you know, we've kind of like redesigned him as a fullback. So to kind of then go back to that, I understand why people are saying, no, that's why we should have him at right back. But I think the, the only reason why I say that is just purely at the minute, we're seeing all the benefits in terms of, um, going forward I just worry too much about when it goes the other way and you know again like I say I've said a few times now obviously Leeds were so bad we didn't get an opportunity to kind of see how that, that could potentially happen it's only really when we're going to play better teams I mean the interesting one would be if we're still doing it um, when we play Spurs because Spurs are like they, they are counter-attacking side Um so, you know, that would be the one game where it would be interesting to see if we do get punished because if he is still playing that system, you can guarantee that, that Tottenham will look to exploit that because their game's all about get the ball into Kane and then get runners either side of him. So you, you can imagine Son would be looking to exploit that space quite a lot. I know you say, obviously, Kanate would be coming across and covering, mm-hmm. but, um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see when we do play sort of the, the stronger teams, whether or not, you know, it does cause issues when we lose it. I think with, with the sports one, what's interesting is they, you, they, if they go three at the back, they have two wing backs, and they're quite happy to stick. You know, they usually have two in midfield, and then you, you you have um the three boys up front. But they're they're quite. They have the option where they go three at the back, two wing backs, and we'll put three in there, and we'll play. We'll we'll put three in there, or we'll even make one of the forwards come in and make a three. And then a Kulisevsky off Kane or someone like that. So they're quite happy, I think, to go toe to toe in the middle of the park with us, you know, the sort of way. And and it's gonna look, it's gonna be interesting. The different standards of the team you play, the, the formations they play. <coughs> but I think, you know, people in the chat have said there you need you need to have pressing really good pressers of the ball in your two eights, as they would call them forward, because yeah. they do end up as that. Do you know the sort of way? And we'll get on to a couple of names in a few minutes that's been linked with Liverpool. But um, just if if Trent's in that team, and that's what we're going to go for, you know, <clears throat> Matt had the question where he was asking because of the change of shape, Jones, Elliot, Carvalho, is this a new lease of life for them if it was in this shape? Because I think it's a really good system for for Jones. I think he's I think he tried in it the other night. I think Elliot would be very similar. If you're taking a defensive responsibility away from him, but keeping him in the midfield as an eight, if you get me. And Carvalho, look, there's a lot being spoken about Carvalho. I'd like to think that he's just a very young guy coming into a massive football club. He had a decent start. He's gone away. They're working on him, and you'll probably see him a bit more next season. Now, he could go on loan. He could get sold, because I know nothing. But that's what I'd like to... But on previous 
kind of evidence that this has happened. You know, Elliot goes off and does the loan thing, you know what I mean? Jones was in, out, in, out. And I'm hoping, because I, I like Carvalho as a footballer, when you see him, I think he's, the runs he makes and all, he's very intelligent for me at the age he's at. So I'd like it, people like to make an awful lot of everything nowadays. I just like it to be one of those things where, listen, he's 20 years of age or whatever, give him a break, you know, let him have that full year where he gets fully immersed in Liverpool and we'll see from there. You might think different on him. But is it a new lease of life? Does it actually suit these players better to be told, right, you have to go higher up the pitch here? We're going to go these three hybrid kind of at the back. We're going to let Trent come in here and look to influence. But with Fabinho, but the two ahead need to work hard, but also be pressing. And Does it work for them? I think it might. Yeah, because, I mean, obviously, if you had sort of like a fully fit team, um, you obviously, you're you always going to have Thiago in there. Like, I, I think he's just, he's like, levels above any other midfielder we've got the problem with him is, is he's just not fit enough but again his, the problem with Thiago is, is that he doesn't have the legs so the, the only sort of concern for me is is that like I just don't know if Elliot and Jones have have got the legs to to kind of play the kind of game that the, the club has has sort of become accustomed to and that's why like Henderson previously and and Jeannie were so good for us because they could do that and obviously this year, you know, we, we've really struggled. But um, obviously, if, like you said before, if, if Trent's now going to kind of like fill that position a bit more and we have more bodies in midfield where we can sort of counter-press more effectively, then yes, it, it's definitely a good thing for them because it takes a bit of responsibility off their shoulders. Um, so yeah, it, it definitely, could, definitely could work for them. But with, with those three that you've mentioned, um, me personally, like I'm... I'm I'm not sold on, on Curtis Jones to be honest. Um I think now we've got obviously a few games left at the end of this season. To me, we should just play him. And obviously provided he stays fit, which again has been another concern with, with Jones and that he, he hasn't been on the pitch enough. Um but I, me personally I, I don't know. I don't know if he's good enough for us. So really now this is the time where we've got to keep playing him. Mm. Um I think he he's has he, he, he has he's shown glimpses but I I don't know I just think for me like I, I'm maybe just thinking I'm maybe comparing him to players who aren't in the team like Thiago and I know that's a, an unfair comparison mm-hmm. um, but to me like I just think there's the, there, there'll be better options than, than him so um, that's, what, that's what I think now but you know I'd, I'd love to be and, proved wrong and in fairness you know we're talking about midfielders needing to come into the summer and I don't think that changes because Trent wandered into midfield for a game and has looked good against Leeds. I don't think that changes. I think <clears throat> when you look at Liverpool's midfield and what they need, and we'll throw a couple of names out in a couple of minutes, and Passio makes a really good point. He said, the two eights still have to be able to win duels. I don't see it happening for Elliot and Carvalho in those positions. But could you see... Elliot, I'd argue. I would argue Elliot. I think Elliot has been... I think he's been a massive um, victim, really, of what Liverpool have been this season. I genuinely yeah, believe that. 100%. You, you can never knock him for effort. You can never knock him for running around. He, he gets stuck in. He's good on the ball. He'll only improve. He, he's never going to be the complete midfielder at 19 years of age. He's just not. Right? Bellingham is on that. But Bellingham's played is captain Borussia Dortmund. He's playing in World Cups. He's, you know, playing in Champions League. He's trying to catch Bayern Munich every week. Elliot has been really good for Liverpool really really good 
he hasn't got the game time that Bellingham has, and he's a different skill set. Could he walk in an eight? I think he's suited. I think he can play in an eight for Liverpool in a four-three-three. That's my opinion, right? He did if last you, year, like yeah. When but he, if, when, if he first, when he first came into the team, he was brilliant. That, yeah. that that's up until that Leeds game where he got that bad injury, he was brilliant for us. And um, and Henderson wasn't getting back in the team. He yeah. Henderson was not getting back in the team. Henderson was fit at the time and couldn't get a start. But but the thing for me is is that I think if you put Elliot in there with Fabinho in his prime and Thiago, he's absolutely fine. He's absolutely fine. Does he have to walk on the defensive side? Yes. But the, the argument then is that in this system, or this whatever we're calling it, he's further up the pitch. Yes, he yes he has to win duels. Yes, he has to get the stuck in. He's never been accused of not doing that. It's the actual awareness behind you that's the problem. But Liverpool, feel, to me, look like they're trying to sort that out a little bit by saying, with the two lads there and you two up high, we're going to take us being caught out of the equation here. We're going to make sure we win every single ball. Carvalho, it could be more of a forward option. But again, I think we're jumping the gun on him. You have to see him, I think, in a second year at Liverpool, possibly even after Christmas next season when you start to see the best of me. He's so young. You know, he's at Fulham. He was great. But I wouldn't write any of them off. But I'm not saying we shouldn't sign midfielders because I think, no. <clears throat> I don't think Henderson can do it for too long on that side. Because it, it, well, the it, thing is, it feels like we, it's a bit more high up. What? We have got plenty of midfielders. It's just Loads. The, the main problem is is that, one, there's too many of them who aren't fit enough. And then, yeah. well, the other point is, is that they're, they're just not good enough anymore, really. Like, it was, it's not a case of numbers. It's just we need, we need new blood in there. Um, like, going back to Carvalho, like, I, I kind of feel sorry for him in a way, to be honest, because um, I don't. I don't think he done too much wrong, really. The, the sort of the, the first few months of the season where he was getting a lot of game time, but then when he got taken out of the team, and um, I remember Klopp got asked about it in a press conference, and it kind of surprised me. Like Klopp was kind of so honest to kind of say like he, he's not doing what we want him to do, that kind of thing. You know, usually like with younger players, you think they might protect them a bit and might say like you know we're, we're managing his game time, you know that kind of thing. But Klopp was quite forthright in saying that yeah, he's, he's not doing what we're wanting him to do, and and that's why he's not playing. But um, I don't know, we done too much wrong in, in what I seen from him. Um, not saying he was you know amazing by any stretch, but you know he was certainly wasn't uh, one of the worst performers. And I do kind of feel sorry for him a bit that the fact that he's he's not had a look in at all really, sort of second half of the season, like. I don't even think he's featured since the uh, the city game in the in the league cup. Um, I don't know if he's been in the odd squad, but I haven't seen. He's him been in that. squads, yeah. Yeah, but I can't like, remember being on a pitch, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. And then with Elliot again, like we've got, I think we've, I think we've basically ran him into the ground this year. Um, it's interesting now that you know the last few games he has been on the bench, um, and it's Jones who's getting getting the game time mm-hmm. again. Uh, I don't think Harvey's been been bad for us or whatever, no. but there were just signs that you could see that it was taking its toll on him because obviously we've been a bad team this year, and especially when you've got young players in a bad team, you know it can can be a big drain on them because you know they are young, they're still sort of learning their trades, um. So I, I do think you know they have made a conscious effort to kind of manage his game time yeah, yeah. Um, in, I, in I recent agree. weeks, which I think is is it is a good thing for him <laughs> yeah. because, like I say. He has. He's been ran into the ground this year, and um, again, like 
it's it's never a bad thing to give someone, uh, especially a young player, give them time on the pitch because experiences can only be a good thing for them. But again, he's kind of been a he's been a victim of like other players' poor form because it's like, well, we kind of we've had to play him because other players have been so poor, and then obviously likes of your Keita and your uh, Chamberlain have just again just always had their injury worries, and well, Jones as well. He he's he's been injured quite a lot of the season, so he's kind of been forced to play because it, we haven't had other options. So it's look, it's it's like you know, Kev was making the point about Carvalho. He feels he's a left winger. He's not starting ahead of Darwin, Jota, or Diaz, so there's just no room for him. And, and that may be the case, but I, I, it's just the world we live in now. You know, a player's out for a while. He's young, and oh, they're selling them, and fucking, he's done this and he's done that, and he hasn't. Um, on to wear knowledge, you just just make something up and throw it out there and see how it runs. Um, but I think if you're going off evidence of young players, I think you might see Carvalho in pre-season. You might see something a bit different from him. Do you know what I mean? I'm not saying he should start Liverpool every week by any means. And I'm, I'm not even saying Jones or Elliot should start every week. You know, like, I keep going on about it. You bring in two midfielders and Ox and Kate live immediately improves you because they're on the pitch. So it definitely improves <laughs> you. You know, the sort of way. And I look... If, if I was to guess, Liverpool will play 4-3-3 on the opening day of the next season. Trent will be right back and he'll have probably a Fabinho, but he'll have fellas the other side of him that are going to run and run and run, i.e. the likes of could be a Mount, it could be a McAllister, we don't know yet where it might be. It could be Joe Bellingham. Um, but, um, and stop laughing, I'm going to go on to him in a minute. <laughs> um, but look, it's intriguing to see and I think it's just added that little bit of you know, it's interesting to watch Liverpool just to see what they're trying, but at the same time, results are there. So, a couple of things before we finish up. Um, top four. I'll ask you this before we go on. So, top four, I don't give up on anything until it's mathematically gone. Right? I never do. Right? Um, I would I would have said it's nigh on impossible to get top four. But, I was doing a show on bookmakers.com um, earlier and I was talking to Jamie, who's a sports fan, and we were kind of looking at it going, well, if you win at the weekend and Spurs win, there's only six points between you and fourth, which is a fair point. Um, are Liverpool out of it? Or do you think, I think you said to me earlier, teams will drop points, but we just won't get enough to capitalise. Is that where you are with it? Yeah. It's like, it was the reason why I thought... Uh, I said that was because it was after the the Leeds game. Um, Carragher was asked the same question, and that's what he said. He was basically like, "You just can't trust this Liverpool team this season." And again, I, I think it's a case of it's a weird season because even when we were, you know, like likes of last season and the year we won the league, like I don't remember us having three games where we beat teams nine nil, seven nil, and six one. You know. So like this year we've had like freak games like that. And I think like the thing was after the game on, on Monday night, because that did look like the Liverpool that we know or the Liverpool that we're we're used to seeing. I think that's why people are maybe starting to think, is there a chance? But again, it's just like for me, I the reason why I say that I don't think we will get fourth is like I was saying to you before, it's not a case of the teams won't drop points, it's just that we won't accumulate enough points to take advantage of that because we're so far back. And the reason I say that is just because there's been so many false dawns this season. Like you go back to the City game um, at home, um, sort of the start of the season, and obviously we won that game. And then we did we backed it up midweek, beating West Ham. And I think at that point, like 
you know, we weren't a million miles off uh, Arsenal, who were top of the table at the time. But then we went out on the on the weekend and we put in that performance away to Forest, and it was just you know so dire it was beyond belief. Um, we kind of muddled through to to the World Cup break, and again, you know, we uh, we had them two wins against Spurs and Southampton, got ourselves in a good position, and then again just after the break, you know, we were absolutely abysmal you know that that game against Brighton and, and the one against uh, Wolves were just horrendous um then again we, we, we beat Newcastle at St James's Park and you think right we're, we're back in it and then we go away to um go away to Bournemouth a couple of weeks later and, and just put in that so to me it's just like I'm just going off what I've seen yeah um, and that's, that's fair. season um you would like to think the players you know Klopp would be saying to the players look we cannot do this again you know, you've got to go out on Saturday. If we go out on Saturday and beat Forest 3-4-0 or 3-1 or whatever, it will sort of make the teams above us stand up and think, oh, and we pl- we know, play, have, we, have they learned their lessons? We Well, the way I'm kind of looking at it, I'm trying to talk myself into it, right, is we play, we play Forest the day before Newcastle play sports, right? Which means we'll be on 50 points, Newcastle be on 56, off the back of a defeat at Villa, right? Which kind of put them in their box a little bit. Because that's a team I feel that are probably ranked around the same as Newcastle. And though Newcastle have been hitting the highs this season, a team that you would roughly think are ranked the same absolutely annihilated them, you know. And Newcastle aren't in terrible form. They're in okay form. Villa are flying, and we still have to play them. Um, and that's the reason I'm trying to talk myself into it, playing before them. And when I look at the fixtures, away to West Ham during the week, and then we've Spurs, I think it's Spurs, Brentford, Leicester, Leicester, all at home. The Fulham's in there. Fulham at home. Is it Fulham? Yeah. Sorry, we go away to Leicester. So it's Spurs, Fulham, Brentford, all at home in a row. Then it's away. I think it's away to Leicester, home to Villa, away to Southampton. So there's loads. We should win all them games, as I think, right? And I'll tell you what. I won't. You think we won't? I think we've a chance. You think we've a chance, but. We probably won't pick up enough, even though teams will drop. Can we talk after Spurs at home? Because if we <laughs> if we win if we win we be Forest West Ham Spurs, we'd be another nine points on the board, right? And we'd still have Fulham Brentford at home. Before five to go. Do you want to talk to me after that game when we see how we go? Oh, yeah, hundred percent. Like. Okay. I, th- I think the thing I is, I think the next two are huge. I think the next two are massive. Yeah, they are. They're, they're absolutely massive. Um, the the only thing that I could maybe sort of cling to in terms of making me think that it won't be like the the previous full stones is is that it is kind of like last chance saloon for them now. It's like there's not enough games now really where if we do go out and get beat or or you draw a couple that we can really turn it round. So you know, hopefully that will kind of be a bit of a a fire in the belly for the players in that, you know, we have got something to play for here. You know, yes, it is still a long shot, but like you say, if we do pick up um, wins in our next couple of games um, against Forest and West Ham, and if we do beat Spurs, like, there's no doubt about it, you know, we'll be we'll be very close to whoever's sitting in, in fourth position. Um, and I think because, of, because we'd done it a couple of years ago, where we had that great run, I think we won like eight of our last nine games or something like that. Teams will know that as well, and it'll put them under pressure. So, 
yeah. Um, if if we can if if we can win our, our our next three games, then I would say yeah, it's it's definitely on. But um, yeah, it's it's more hope than expectation for me. Hmm. Um, Red Steve says Gav's trying to do the three times tables in his head. What was it that? <laughs> um, <clears throat> both our pants says we have the easiest run in. To be fair, but we ain't getting top four. Brighton have two games in hand. Says bonkers, which is a fair point. They've only played twenty nine games. Um, Newcastle have to drop nine points. It doesn't seem likely. It's a sleep, sleepy forest. Um, Brighton have lost weird games though. Says Scott. Um, let me see. Let me see. Anything else there? And they've got the uh, semi final on yeah, Saturday. Yeah, the semi final well, the weekend Sunday. as well. Yeah. Um, Sunday, isn't it? Sunday. Um, Sunday they play. Yeah. yeah. Um, Newcastle probably need to lose four, and they have four relegation candidates in the last eight. Pressure is the mad thing, though. Pressure is a mad thing. And um, but We've Red got Steve, Arsenal to play in Chelsea. Yeah, and Red Steve did say he said earlier in the chat he said in two weeks' time we will be fifth, breathing down the neck of um, Newcastle. Um, he's promising us this. So I don't know why he's promising, but he is. Um, look, there's 700 people watching. Um, hit the like button if you're there. Um, there's only 71 of you have hit the like button, which is appalling. Let's be honest about it. <laughs> so uh, smash the like button as well. Notifications on. Subscribe if you haven't already. All that sort of stuff. Last but not least, we've talked about midfield, we've talked about the youngsters, you know, lease of life, blah, 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 blah. Couple of things. Um, we're being linked with Mason Mount, we're being linked with Alexis McAllister. We, the Bellingham thing is all over the shop. Um, two questions. One, is the Bellingham deal dead for you? And two, what midfielders would you like us to sign if Bellingham is indeed off the table? Do you know what? I, obviously, whenever the sort of the, it got leaked in the media, um, I, can't, I think it might have been last week or the week before, I can't remember. Um, obviously, you know, we were all gutted to to hear that, but you know, it's not the first time this has happened with players that we've then went on to sign, and that's obviously that again, that's something that was pointed out by a lot of people, like um, Allison um Tiago. I think there was a couple others. I I seen someone had, had posted like a tweet with like all like the screenshots of the article saying they were pull pull out of the race for such and such. So um so yeah I mean I wouldn't say it's completely dead but to be to be honest with you, I mean obviously we, we know we know our owners are you know they, they are tight like let's be honest. You know they, they don't put any of their own money into the club. You know it's it's all it's on us to, to generate it for ourselves. So we don't have the resources there to go out and, and uh, spend as much as the others. So on that basis, I I, I genuinely, as, I, don't get me wrong, I would love to see Bellingham in a Liverpool shirt, but for me, I think our need is greater than just him. And what I mean by that is I think we do need two or three. I don't think, I don't think Bellingham on his own would be enough. I think we need, we need numbers in there. Um, <clears throat> so for me, like once we kind of, once that did get leaked, um, I kind of thought about it. And I thought, do you know what? Like, if it was a case of just just getting Bellingham and no one else, or using that money to get two or three midfielders, I think I probably would go for the go for the latter because I think that that need is greater in terms of getting numbers as opposed to just Bellingham at all costs. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, like I, that that would. I know that there has been a lot of names mentioned. I think Gravenberch is getting a lot of he's getting a lot of attention. Mount, Gravenberch, uh, uh, Jurian Timber uh, says Red Jabby. What's your thoughts on that? You know that's that's a centre half kind of yeah. move. Um, Conor Gallagher from Chelsea always comes up. I'm of the I'm of the argument that 
they have to spend and they have to spend a lot of money and if 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 it takes you Bellingham and two more to spend 200 million go and do it you know um, the mad thing is is that like we should be able to spend 200 million you know in a in a transfer window and when I say spend 200 million I don't mean like that I'm not saying like uh, without any or I'm saying that like um regardless of, of outgoings you know obviously our model up to this point has always been that we've generated income to spend on players by you know obviously continue is the one is the most obvious one but as well as that like <laughs> flogging Jordan Ibe and Dominic Solanke to, to Bournemouth for ridiculous fees you know we've done really well in sell, selling off our fringe players and getting a lot of money for them like we got 12 million for Danny Ward I mean but it obviously but we, we got 12 million after telling people that he was going to be the number one do you remember yeah do you remember we went oh no Danny Ward's going to be the number one Carius is all over the shop um <laughs> Danny Ward and then they're like okay and then they just signed Allison and Danny Ward went off the list I genuinely has forgotten how to use his arms it's incredible so but I think the difficulty this season what I was going to say is is that I'm struggling to see who our sellable assets are in terms of how we could generate income because but that, obviously but that's, auction... but that's part of the reason why there's there's no you know people will use that as oh would the sellable assets there so how can we spend that amount of money immaterial liverpool need to go and adjust yeah. and, and sort out an issue that has been building from at least two years at the club right and not only has it materialized and manifested itself it's affected us massively. Now, unless you sort it out, it's going to continue to affect you massively. I don't care if you move Trent to the midfield or Robertson's playing right wing so we can cut in on his left foot. You have to sort this out. And the only way you can sort it out is, forget outgoings. You need to go and get these three players that are going to make you better. Right? It means then that instead of Ox and Keita sitting around going, I'm injured for the last fucking three years, you have players that can play. Right, which takes the pressure off players that are probably played too much, i.e. Fabinho, Henderson, and Elliot, like you've spoken about. So, all this of income, outgoings, and like Daz TV, good to hear from you, Daz. He says, I think we'd be ruthless this summer, and more than we expect could move on. Right, absolutely fine, but we need to spend money. It's the only way over. You're not going. To, you're not going to roll a dice here and hope for the best. We're, we're gone past that. If we needed one midfielder, you go, <coughs> you know what, we could be clever here and do this and this might work. We're not. We're sitting on the midfield as a whole who, for me, are not reliable enough. Don't get on the pitch. We know who we're talking about. Aging, right? Milner is brilliant to have around the squad, but he should probably appear 15 times a season. Majority of, of them off the bench. Henderson's not getting any younger. You can see that. Fabinho has loads of miles in his legs. Thiago's not getting any younger. And... When all these are affected, they're not going to affect to that, to Elliot, to Jones, to Bychetic as he comes through. is huge to them because they're in a team then that aren't playing with these fellas at their optimum. So everyone gets affected by it. You need to bring, not not just for the, the sake of getting them on the pitch, to relieve other players of responsibility and, and games is absolutely massive. Plus, it gives you that kick to everyone that's there that may have and this could be part of it. There's a staleness there. There's a comfort zone there where people go, I might be shy, but I'll be back in. Like Fabinho, awful. Mm. Gets dropped after Brighton away, I think it was. Or might, yeah, it might have been Brighton away, he gets dropped. 
not seen for three or four weeks. He's back now. So he knows, no matter how bad it gets, I'll get in this team. Because what else well, is there's no one else to play there at the minute. Correct. Uh, Correct. But if you if you swap me an Ox and a Kate for a McAllister and a Mount, right? Or even better, swap me one of them for a defensive-minded midfielder, right? Fabinho's looking going, fuck me, this fella can run. This fella can run all day fucking long. And I can't. And then the comfort zone goes. So they have to spend it, Glenn. Outgoings, fine. If you want to get rid of a few, that, and there will be a few going anyway, go and do it. That's why you're a bit clever, where I can get rid of him. Like, there's no problem selling Fabinho for 40 million quid and signing, you know, the next reincarnation of Angola Kante for 70. There's no problem. That's clever. <laughs> do you know what I mean? That's, that's where the cleverness comes in. But there's cleverness and then there's a necessity, and the necessity is there that you need to fill a big hole in this squad and it's going to cost you money. Everything costs you money. Simple. Yeah. And, and you know, the the thing is, is that it's like if they don't spend the money, you're going to lose it because you're risking being out of the Champions League for two, three years, potentially. Um, I mean, <clears throat> I know obviously we touched on the top four there already, but, you know, if we don't make it there, like, to me, this whole thing about, well, I think it was Neil Jones from Goal had said a while ago about there's a there's two lists, you know, there's a Champions League list and there's a Europa League list in terms of, of targets. To me, I think that's complete other nonsense because like how have like look at what Arsenal have done this summer and they've not been in the Champions League for I don't know how many years. No. Air model so, is, air model is air model and I I agree I think it's nonsense. And Liverpool something that Liverpool is quoted as saying Liverpool have the resources there to deal with being out of the Champions League for a season. No problem. Well, we had like last year. Obviously, we had record revenues. You know, I think um, it was only uh, was it City of Madrid were the only two that had had greater revenues than us last season when the when the when the accounts were published. So you know, to to say that there isn't money there, you know, I know obviously that you know it, it goes on other things as well, but it's just it's complete nonsense. Um, so yeah, like I mean. <laughs> Like I said before, in terms of the outgoings, um, there there aren't too many there who who are going to generate much much income. I would say probably the, the the only one would be Fabinho, but how much are you going to get for him at his age and off the back of the season he's just had? Um, but um, but yeah, like there, there's no two ways about it. Like the owners, the um, well, say the owners, sorry, that the club, the uh, they they do need to put their hands in their pockets and the, and they need to go out because if we don't get it right, then you could end up being an Arsenal who just, you know, are in a sort of cycle of just trying to trying to get back in the top in the top four. And obviously we, mm-hmm. we had that, you know, sort of mm-hmm. as Klopp just came in. Um you don't want to go back to them days. So no. you know you have to get it right <coughs> but, but, sooner rather than later. And I'm, I'm like I understand when people say the OFSG don't don't have the same ambition as say me and you do. Like our ambition when we grew up every every day to go and watch Liverpool is they win and they win every time I go and they watch, win every time I, I watch them and people will argue well FSG if they get in the top four you know if they finish toward the difference in in money earned from tour to force in the Premier League is not a massive amount of money it's probably 10 million quid um, but it's not a massive amount of money and Liverpool are Liverpool so they're in the top three or four they're, they're on the telly every week anyway like Liverpool are very rarely not on the TV this Saturday they're not on the TV, but they're playing for us. But every other week, like Liverpool are on, you know, the sort of way. So Liverpool usually turn over most 
teams with regards to revenue from TV money because they're on. When it comes, when it comes to, and, and I get people saying they don't, they don't, you know, want to win as much as we do. Nobody wants to win as much as me or you or anyone in that chat. Nobody does. No, you know what I mean? Because you're just, it's all you can think about. Um, but they've an asset to protect. And as much as people argue over, oh, four billion, if they left now, they'd make this, they'd make that. Trust me, if they don't do this right, their four billion asset will will have 25% written off it within a year to 18 months. Simple as that. Because if you're not in the, and I know people say, we're back in the Champions League at this, but listen, if you're meandering through the Champions League and you're getting in and you're going round the 16 and you're fourth in the league every year, people don't want to pay all the money Liverpool are being paid. Nike don't want to pay you 80 million quid a year and go, listen, you can have 80 million plus is it 20% of all profits made or whatever. They won't want to pay you that. You'll have fucking Warrior turning up going, there's a tenner. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Or or that Castor crowd or whatever it is. Like, You know what I mean? Like, genuinely, Liverpool earn so much money because where they are. And the club know this. The club know this. We're in the Champions League every season. We've been in title runs three of the last four seasons. You know, what? Wherever we go, people want to watch it. We won the League Cup, we won the FA Cup, Champions League finals, whatever it is. Liverpool make a lot of money, right? And because of that, the asset is worth a certain amount. They have to know, they have to know that if we don't sort this out, and I think the biggest thing out of it all is you're wasting Jurgen Klopp's time. You're <laughs> wasting, like genuinely, you're wasting the time he has left with Liverpool by saying, can we be clever this summer? No, we can't fucking be clever this summer. You just give me all the fucking money and I'll spend it and I'll be as clever as you fucking want then for the next three seasons and then someone else will come in and be clever for you. But right now, clever doesn't cut it. It has to be money, it has to be down and it has to be players. So if they do that, give me two midfielders you'd like. Not three. We, I'll, I'll only ask for two because you're not picking Bellingham. You think it's, it's appalling. <laughs> it's not that I don't want them. It's just it's just to me, I just think, well, I just don't think he will come because I just don't think the, the club will, will pay the money for him. Um, obviously, if if things were different, um, then 100%, like he'd be number one on the list. But as I say, I just I just don't think the club are, are going to. Um, I do I do like Mount, to be honest with you. Um, he's uh, he's not really, well, I mean, you could say it's about the whole Chelsea team this year. Obviously, he hasn't, hasn't had his best season, but... Um, Obviously, he's still young, and but I think he has a lot of the attributes that would fit well in our team. So, mm-hmm. um, I think Mount would be a good shout. Is um, Mount? Is Mount? Sorry, is Mount a good shout to you? Because I, I'm of the argument as well. I don't want to see a player coming in where they go, oh, he comes in and he can kind of play the six and he can kind of play the eight and oh, the the odd goal. I'm not into that. I want the fellow that comes in and goes, he is brilliant at that, and that's where he's going to play. Because I don't we as much as we want to spend the money. We have to stop messing around with these versatile bullshit. Just put him in the game <laughs> and play him. That's where I'm. That's where I'm at now. Is that why yeah, Mount yeah. is appealing? Because we know everything he has and we know where he plays. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. and again, like not. I mean, he's got longevity because he's still young. So you know, he's only going to get. He's only going to get better, really. And I think if you put him, you. If he was being managed by Klopp, like you just think, like what he could turn him into, you know, um, and that's what Klopp's like. That's what he's been so good at is bringing in players. I know, obviously, you know, Mount's playing for a big team at the minute, but um, you know, think of the players in the past that the Klopp has 
and what he's turned him into, like thinking like Wijnaldum, you know, he wasn't he wasn't a bad player because obviously we wouldn't have signed him otherwise. But Klopp completely changed his game and took him to a completely different level. So there's the potential there where you know with Mount, I know he's a different type of player than than Genie, but imagine him working under Klopp for two three years and what he what he could do with him. So I I, I do honestly I think I think Mount would be it would be a good one. Um, Again, not necessarily saying he's like top of my list, but um, Gravenberch, like the uh, the year before, obviously he's not really getting a look in at Bayern this season, but um, I thought he was really good for Ajax whenever we played them the, yep. uh, in the Champions he League. He looked like a really good player. Um, I'm not sure why he's not playing at, at Bayern Munich this year, but um, again, it's like I'm, <laughs> I'm sort of, I'm thinking as like in terms of like how I know we operate as a club and I'm thinking like, He's probably one where we could get him on a good deal, and he's very young as well. So to me, like, there's massive, there's massive upside, and there's probably like very little risk. And knowing the way our club operates, that's the kind of things that they'll be thinking. So I think Gravenberg would be would be a good signing. So I'd say him and Mount. I think. Um, I, I mean, if if we did sign them two, I'd be happy. Don't get me wrong. I think we need more than just them two. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, but yeah, from the people that I've been linked with. Um, them two points stick out. I know McAllister's been getting, um, he's been linked heavily. quite heavily. He's probably, he's probably been the most linked, in fairness. When yeah. you read into it, yeah, he's probably been the most reliably linked, I would say. Um, yeah, but um, like just going back to what you were saying before around sort of like the Fabinho rule, obviously, we know we got Bicelis to come back, but um, like Caicedo's another one who's, who's kind of been mentioned. I know, obviously, um, he was he was obviously. Um, he wanted to go to Arsenal in, in January. Yeah, he was, there, but... he was absolutely Peter Alden Wingy, wasn't he? In January. Yeah, well, I mean, like again, this is the thing. Like you know, Brighton themselves, they know that they're a stepping stone club. They, you know, they they can't compete with 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 teams like Arsenal. Even yeah, but though, I, I but it, I think they know they're losing McAllister in the summer, and that's why the suicidal thing didn't happen. Because I think well, they're nearly sure they're losing McAllister. I think once he wins that World Cup, they know that's him <laughs> done. It's it's not even it's not even the fact that. He doesn't feel Brighton are big enough. Alexa McAllister, image rights and exposure for him as a World Cup winner is through the roof, right? It's through the roof. And it just, I'm sorry, Brighton, but it outgrows Brighton. It just does. And, and, and that's what it is. Like, if you're not signing Bellingham, right? And I think, still think there's a sniff of it, I'm going to be honest with you. Um, because I haven't heard anything different. I don't believe all the people that said all that stuff. Um my first choice would be Moises Saicedo, without a shadow of a deal. I think he comes into that team and he's an absolute engine all over the place. Wins the ball up and down. Good footballer. He'd be my first choice. But I can see why McAllister is, is linked. Because I think he, he works so hard. Like The difference he made to Argentina in that World Cup after they been beaten by the Saudis weren't in the fourth game. He doesn't play. He comes in. And they just change immediately. And I'm not saying it's all down to him. They make four or five changes. But his understanding of his teammates around him and the job he had to do, he was excellent at it. Absolutely excellent at it. He's an eye for goal. He's a good footballer. He can hold the ball. He's not afraid to take it in positions and, you know, be responsible for it. I think the Gravenberch one is interesting. Oh, you're bang on. Low risk. Low-ish money. But I think, I think, he'd, I think he's a great signing if you sign him. I think he'd be made even better if he was a signing that supplements a bigger signing. You know? Yeah. Like, because people would go, oh, Gravenberch, but 
if you brought in a McAllister or a Mount or a Saicedo beside him, you go, Jesus, and you have Gravenberch as well. He could, you know, do you know the sort of way? Like, and I'm only thinking of us. You know, we all think about transfers. He's good, but we got him as well. You know, sort yeah. of way. And I think Gravenberch on his own would be, yeah, that's a good signing. But I think there'd be more excitement around it where you've gone, you got him and Gravenberch. You know, the sort of way. So they're the three that have been heavily linked. Um, McAllister, Mount, Saicedo, or Mount Gravenberch. Um, you'd e- I think Liverpool could easily do an entry in the summer. Easily. Yeah, yeah you know? 100%. Um, like, there's no, like, again, there's like, there's no reason why they can't. Like, I think like the only like sort of the one good thing is is that you know, obviously like, um, you'll get times where you're you're looking for players in certain positions, and because of like contracts and whatever, like there might not be players available for for the position that you need. But you know that's not the case this summer because, like like we said, you know obviously uh, Gravenberch. Bayern, he's not really even getting a look in there, so they probably love to get their money back on him. I don't think they paid too much for him. Um, Brighton know that with McAllister and Caicedo, it's one of them ones where it's like, for a club like Brighton, they know they can't keep hold of them players. So for them, it's like, <clears throat> we've got to sell at the right time. They're lessening the exposure like, by, by selling one now and having Caicedo, who I think is on, a, is on some sort of deal in this contract where next summer, for a certain amount, he can go. Yeah, because what I was going to say about uh, with Brighton and them players is that I think it's going to be similar with with Rice at West Ham. Like he's he's told West Ham I'm not signing the new contract, so like they basically got a decision to make this summer. It's like, well, we have to we we either sell him and get something, or else he stays another. I don't know whether it's another year or two no, years. He's, 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 he's two years left on his deal, I think. Yeah, so, but, but but if they if it runs another year, why would he why would he why would he let himself be sold then? You know what I mean? He just waits six months or four months and he can sign a pre-contract and he's away and he's yeah. he's making a huge amount of money. Um, it's interesting. Uh, I think it's definitely, there's a load of things we've talked about tonight that we should actually um, come back and talk about. But I'll come back as a guest and let Matt uh, slide back into the into the uh, house duties. But like talking about Trent, it's something that you're going to watch develop in front of your eyes. If it does, the young lads... He's going to persevere with, with, with Jones for me until the end of the season. But again, that could be him just putting Jones in the shop window. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> it could be something yeah. like that. Um, and of course, with the transfers, they're going to rumble on for fucking ever. I, I'd love Liverpool to sign three players in July the 4th and go, we're done. 100%. We're absolutely done. And we can just enjoy the summer. But I don't think it's going to go that way. Um, the charity, um, our charity campaign, the link is in the description. If you want to donate, go ahead and donate. Brilliant. Any super chats we got on this channel between now and October when the Dublin Marathon is run goes towards this um, this campaign that we're doing for breast cancer research. If you can't donate, take the link, share, friends, family, colleagues, stick it up in the canteen, in work, wherever it might be. And if you want to help us with our golf day, we are looking for T-Box sponsors, um, long drive, nears the pain, raffle prizes. Um, if you want to get in touch about anything like that, lfcdaytrippers at gmail.com to the point where if you want to donate money to us to buy prizes we will go and buy the prizes and um, so it's an easy thing to do you can just transfer the money and we'll go and do it you don't have to go down to shops and start buying stuff and posting it and stuff like that so listen that's the biggest thing out of all this the charity thing we're doing um, it's huge for us it's huge for the people running the, the Dublin Marathon it's huge for breast cancer research um, it's a it's an illness that you know 
hits every nearly every family or someone you know um so it's a huge thing for us this year so you can help out in any way lfcdaytrippers at gmail.com email us just put on the top of it um charity day something in big writing and i'll see it and i'll follow up on it asap um glenn anything else before we go no no i think we, we, we've covered quite a lot there yeah, so um so yeah we'll we'll just see how it goes on saturday if uh if liverpool turn up or it's the uh the liverpool of old hopefully not <laughs> but i'm <laughs> winning on saturday um yeah we've kind of read the world it's right and i'm kind of happy with that um look rest of the week what day is today thursday the lads will be back with premier league the premier league forecast tomorrow night we should have a full-time reds on saturday after the forest game but i know a couple of lads are doing different things so we're trying to move a few lads around to get that sorted the fat back four will be back on sunday and be back into it again from monday that has been viewers voice that's been gav standing in for matt that has been the brilliant glenn thanks a million for everyone in the chat for all your comments, hit the like button on the way out. Subscribe if you haven't already. And make sure you turn on your notifications. Talk to you in a bit. Over and out. Sports Social Podcast Network.